We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Episode 457 of the Al Galdi Podcast. It is Tuesday, December 6th, 2022. What a comeback by the GOAT on Monday Night Football. Did you see that? The Tampa Bay Buccaneers improved to 6-6 with a 17-16 win over the New Orleans Saints. The Bucs overcame a 16-3 fourth quarter deficit with two touchdown passes by... The GOAT, the greatest of all time, quarterback Tom Brady, over the final three minutes of the fourth quarter. What a job by Tom. Biggest regular season fourth quarter comeback of Tom Brady's career. Who does he think he is? Taylor Heineke? Hello and welcome to this Tuesday installment of the Al Galdi podcast. We follow Washington, D.C. area sports so that you don't have to. We make your life easier. Uh, Great to have you with us. Uh, Commanders quarterback Taylor Heineke and edge defender Chase Young. Two big topics for head coach Rod Rivera at his day after the game Zoom press conference on Monday afternoon off the team moving to 7-5-1 with the 20-old tie at the New York Giants on Sunday afternoon. Next segment, I'm going to get into the Taylor Heineke paradox, the Tay-Tay paradox. The team's passing offense right now is not close to being what we all want it to be. But at the same time, uh, Taylor has been really clutch. And the passing offense has been what we want it to be when the team has needed the passing offense the most. I've got some numbers to back all of this up. Uh, Ron on Monday afternoon got asked about potentially going back to Carson Wentz as the team's starting quarterback. You will hear Ron's answer to that and much more. You'll also hear Ron address the flexing of the Commanders-Giants rematch to Sunday Night Football in Week 15. Yes, get ready for that on December 18th. Commanders versus the Giants at FedEx Field on Sunday Night Football in what is a monster game for both teams. Uh, I also have an injury update on center Tyler Larson. And then I'll talk Commanders defense. Unfortunate news on Monday morning regarding linebacker Cole Holcomb. And yeah, Ron Rivera on Chase Young who, of course, still has not made 
his 2022 season debut. What exactly is going on with Chase's right knee? Ron on Monday afternoon opened up about Chase in a manner in which Ron had not. Also on the show, we'll talk Capitals. Uh, They on Monday night had what head coach Peter Laviolette called one of their best wins of the season, a 3-2 victory at the Edmonton Oilers. We'll get into why the win was so good. Uh, Before we get to some feedback, we do have the MLB winter meetings going on in San Diego. And how about former national shortstop Trey Turner joining the dark side, joining the Philadelphia Phillies, reportedly has agreed with the Phillies on an 11-year, $300 million free agent contract. The Phillies are getting themselves another prominent ex-NAD off, of course, having had outfielder Bryce Harper since signing him in the 2018-2019 offseason as a free agent. If you are a Nats fan, you hate this. I totally get that, right? The Phillies having now both Trey Turner and Bryce Harper. I would just say this, though, and you by now probably know where I stand on mega money contracts in baseball. They rarely work out. The Phillies are giving an 11-year, $300 million contract to a guy in Trey Turner who is entering his age 30 season. The single biggest reason that so many mega money contracts in baseball do not work out is that too often teams have paid guys in their 30s for what they did in their 20s. In this performance-enhancing drug testing era, age matters so much. Maybe Trey Turner ends up being an outlier. Uh, Maybe Trey Turner ages very well. He could age well. I mean, athletic guys like Trey tend to age well, or at least better than non-athletic guys. But boy, an 11-year contract for a guy as he enters his 30s. You are flirting with disaster as an MLB team when you give an 11-year contract to a guy right as he's going into his 30s. So, Philadelphia, good luck with that. Uh, As for the Orioles, we do now know the money for the one-year free agent contract that the O's are giving starting pitcher Kyle Gibson at $10 million. Uh, That's a bit more than I thought uh, was going to be the case, but one-year $10 million contract for Kyle Gibson as what I would assume is the replacement for Jordan Lyles, whose 2023 club option, the O's declined last month. That was an $11 million club option. So the O's preferring to have Kyle Gibson at $10 million over Jordan Lyles at $11 million. You can tweet me at Al Galdi. You can email me, the Al Galdi podcast at yahoo.com. Email from Rob on Taylor Heineke, writes Rob. I'm not going to tell you how good episode 400 whatever is, but you are the man. Uh, uh, Let's talk about Tay-Tay. We are all in love with three yards and a cloud of dust. Is the coaching staff giving us the best chance to win with Taylor? I know he is not a franchise quarterback, but there is only a half dozen of those. Please explain why we can't win with Taylor. I promise I never spent the night <laughs> with Sabah. Uh, thank you for the email, Rob. Well done. Uh, a few things. I do not think that everyone is in love with the commander's uh, current three yards and a cloud of dust approach to offense. Uh, I say that because I am not in love with the approach. Uh, this is an antiquated oh-so-difficult-to-sustain way of doing offense in the NFL in the year 2022. Now, that said, the approach can work, 
and has worked for the team during this run of uh, 6-1-1 one, and one over the last eight games. Uh, the Commanders can win with Taylor Heineke as their starting quarterback, uh, and I say that because they have been winning uh, and now tying uh, with Taylor as their starting quarterback. But there are two levels to all of this, the short-term and the long-term. In the short term, i.e. the rest of the 2022 season, can the commander's current offensive approach work to where the team makes the playoffs? Yes. But in the long term, i.e. beyond this season, is the way that the commanders are doing offense right now truly a path going forward? No, absolutely not. I think that Ron Rivera thinks that this is the way that the team has to play with Taylor as a starting quarterback. Email from Michael King on Commander's Offensive Coordinator Scott Turner off the tie at the Giants on Sunday afternoon, writes, Mike, I realize all of the limitations of the skins and with Heineke, blah, blah, blah. I am a Taylor fan in the spirit of full disclosure. But Scott Turner is is an infuriating incompetent who does not help the team win. He has no feel for when to step on the gas and when not to. The play calling when six yards from possible field goal range in overtime on Sunday was criminal, but Willard's Terps are fun. Uh, thanks, Al. Thank you, Mike. Yeah, Mike's a big Maryland fan. And yes, how about head coach Kevin Willard and his Maryland Terrapins number six in Division One in the season's first net rankings, uh, which came out on Monday morning. The net is the NCAA evaluation tool, NET, NCAA evaluation tool, NET. Uh, This is a ranking system that the NCAA adopted in 2018 to replace the RPI, the Rating Percentage Index. The initial net rankings have Maryland as the number six team in the country uh, ahead of Virginia. Virginia is at number nine. Virginia Tech is at 41. The new Associated Press Top 25 poll that came out on Monday has Maryland at number 13. Big jump from number 22 last week. Uh, Virginia still is number three. And Virginia Tech still is among others receiving votes. I was surprised by that. I thought that the Hokies would be ranked off their impressive 80-72 win over then number 18 North Carolina on Sunday afternoon. Anyway, Scott Turner. So I know that a lot of people had a problem with Scott's play calling on the commander's first overtime drive, uh, which resulted in a punt, despite them having the ball at the Giants 41 at one point. Uh, First and 10 at the Giants 44, running back Brian Robinson Jr. had a three-yard run. Second and seven at the Giants 41, Robinson a run for a three-yard loss. Third and 10 at the Giants 44, Taylor Haneke a one-yard completion to receiver Curtis Samuel. The drive did not work clearly. Uh, The commanders, though, were running the ball well. Keep in mind that earlier in the drive, the second snap of the drive, we had a 21-yard run by Curtis Samuel. So going with a Robinson run on second and seven at the Giants 41 wasn't crazy. I mean, Robinson for the game averaged 4.57 yards per carry. And then on the third and 10 pass for one yard, I mean, a one yard completion obviously was not the intent of the play. Uh, That was how the play worked out. uh, Thanks to Taylor Heineke, once again, dealing with pressure. Uh, He on the play took a quarterback hit from edge defender Aziz Ojulari. My biggest criticism of Scott Turner is this. In games in which the commanders are having problems with the opposing team's pass rush, Scott does not do a good enough job of scheming out 
of the pressure. This was a big problem when Carson Wentz was a team starting quarterback, and we have seen this with Taylor as a team starting quarterback. And yes, at some point, the commanders just need to block better, no doubt. But when that isn't happening, especially in a game in which your starting center Tyler Larson and starting right guard Samuel Cosme have left the game due to injury, you got to find ways to make it so that your quarterback isn't getting assaulted to the tune of five sacks and 10 quarterback hits, as was the case for Taylor on Sunday afternoon. Well, we as Commanders fans are on the hunt for better offense from our team. If you are on the hunt for a new home in the Washington, D.C. area, make sure that you contact real estate agent Kellen Hunt. You know, now's actually a good time to buy a home. Yes, mortgage rates have gone up, but that has led to an increase in housing inventory, and that increase is driving down prices. You right now can get really good homes in the Washington, D.C. area at bargain prices. And remember, you can always refinance once the mortgage rates come back down, and they will come back down. And so if you or someone who you know is interested in buying a home in the Washington, D.C. area, contact real estate agent Kellen Hunt. Visit CloseItWithKell.com. That's CloseItWithKell, K-E-L-L.com. Book a call with Kellen Hunt to discuss your real estate needs and make sure that you tell Kell that Al Galdi sent you. Kellen Hunt has his finger on the pulse of developments all around the D.C. area. He is a DMV native. He lives and breathes the culture. He has a wealth of knowledge when it comes to local neighborhoods and economical development and schools and market conditions and all that makes the Washington, D.C. area unique. And Kellen Hunt closes deals. He wins. He is here for you to listen to what you want and then get you what you want. No matter your age, family situation, or financial situation, Kellen Hunt can help you. He is a real estate agent for real people, and Kellen Hunt is willing to put a portion of his commission back in your pocket. Who doesn't want some extra money right now? Give it inflation. Kellen Hunt knows what buyers like you are facing, and he wants to help. So visit CloseItWithKell.com. That's CloseItWithKell, K-E-L-L.com. Book a call with Kellen Hunt to discuss your real estate needs and make sure that you tell Kell that Al Galdi sent you. Visit CloseItWithKell.com. See what Kellen Hunt can do for you by booking an introductory call with Kellen Hunt at CloseItWithKell.com. If you are trying to buy a home in the Washington, D.C. area, you will do well by going with Kell. Visit CloseItWithKell.com and tell Kell that Al Galdi sent you. So the Commander's bye week for the 2022 season has begun, a week 14 bye, uh, the franchise's latest bye in a season since the inception of bye weeks in the NFL in the 1990 season, and the Commanders better rest up because what they have coming up is a challenge. Uh, Their next game, this rematch with the New York Giants off the 20-all tie at the Giants this past Sunday afternoon, has been flexed to being a Sunday nighter. Uh, We got the official announcement on Monday. So week 15, Commanders home to the Giants on Sunday night football on December 18th at 8.20. And then the Commanders next game is just six days later and out west and at one of the best teams in the NFC. Uh, Week 16, Commanders at the San Francisco 49ers on Christmas Eve afternoon, Saturday afternoon, 
December 24th at 4.05. So not just a short week, but a short week for a game across the country and at the top team in the NFC West, the 8-4 49ers, although they're now down to their QB3 uh, because Jimmy Garoppolo suffered a season-ending foot injury in the Niners' 33-17 win over the Miami Dolphins on Sunday. And the man who he replaced, Trey Lance, is done for the season due to an ankle injury that he suffered in September. The Niners' new QB1 appears to be Brock Purdy, uh, who the Niners are hoping is Purdy. Uh, They took him with the very last pick in the 2022 NFL Draft. Brock Purdy is the Mr. Irrelevant of the 2022 Draft, a 2022 seventh-round pick out of Iowa State. We on Monday afternoon had the day after the game Zoom press conference of Commander's head coach Ron Rivera. This was Ron on this Commander's Week 15 game against the Giants, now being a Sunday nighter. I kind of hope when we get Saturday, I mean, you know, we're, we're, we have to travel all the way across country. 49ers are coming after a, coming off of a Thursday game. Be nice to be able to be rested, but you play what they tell you to play. So we'll line up and play and see what happens. Yes, we will. But while the commanders are getting done dirty by the NFL with their schedule, uh, this game against the Giants at FedEx Field on Sunday Night Football in Week 15 is an opportunity for the team to maybe, possibly, show off a good home crowd on national television in a big game. And by good, I mean a crowd that is full, a crowd that is loud, and a crowd that actually is rooting for the home team. Imagine all of those things at once at FedEx Field. Commanders Giants at FedEx Field on Sunday Night Football in Week 15. It's going to feel like a playoff game because the winner will have the tiebreaker over the loser in the NFC wildcard race. Ron Rivera on Monday afternoon on the opportunity that is this game against the Giants in Week 15. Well, I think this opportunity is awesome. I really do. First of all, it's it's the it's the national stage. It is the big stage. You know, the uh, one third of the U.S. population is on the eastern seaboard, and uh, so we know they'll all be tuned in. Secondly, it would be awesome to have a a great turnout. Um, I think we're 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 working towards that. We're trending in that direction. I'm pretty fired up for our guys. I really am, just because we have guys that deserve some exposure, and and this is about as big a, a stage as we've been on since the Monday night game or the Thursday night game we played, and and. You know, this is a great opponent for us. You know, they 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 matched us on on Sunday, and so uh, it's pretty cool. I mean, you know, we're 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 pretty even, so it, it'll be a fun night. I I really do look forward to it. All right. As for where the Commanders are right now, at seven five and one, and in eighth place in the NFC, uh, trailing the seven and five Seattle Seahawks for the NFC's third and final wild card spot. Well. It does appear as if Washington, for a second consecutive season, is going to be playing in December while being depleted at center. Uh, Tyler Larson, in the tie at the Giants, got carted off the field in the fourth quarter. He was replaced by Nick Martin. Uh, Larson, after the game, was seen on crutches with his right leg in a brace. And Commander's insider Ben Standig of The Athletic on Monday afternoon broke the news that Larson suffered a dislocated kneecap and could be done for the season. Uh, This, of course, with the commander's number one center, Chase Roulier, still being on the reserve injured list. Uh, He has been on that since September 20th due to a right knee injury that he suffered in the loss 
at the Detroit Lions in week two. So it would appear that Nick Martin or Wes Schweitzer will be the commander starting center moving forward. But Wes might have to play right guard. Uh, the commander starting right guard on Sunday afternoon, Samuel Cosme got hurt on the first offensive snap of the third quarter. He suffered an ankle injury and replacing him was Wes Schweitzer, who the commanders on Saturday activated to the 53-man roster from the reserve injured list, which he had been on since October 1st due to a concussion that he suffered in the loss to the Philadelphia Eagles at FedEx Field in week three. Uh, Cosme on Sunday afternoon was the commander's starting right guard because Trey Turner was inactive due to knee and ankle ailments. A lot of questions with the interior of the commander's offensive line right now. This bye week comes at a good time. And so what about the commander's passing offense? Uh, the commanders are 6-1-1 one, and one over their last eight games in spite of their passing offense, even though the passing offense has made some big plays during this stretch. Uh, there is no bigger component of a passing offense than the quarterback. Uh, the commander's current starting quarterback, as you may know, is a man named Taylor Heineke. And it's an odd deal with Taylor right now, because on the one hand, he's quarterbacking a commander's passing offense that just isn't that productive. Do you know that the commanders over their last four games have one offensive play that has gone for at least 30 yards? One. That's it. The commanders over their last three games have zero offensive plays that have gone for at least 30 yards. However, on the other hand, the commanders are doing well with Taylor, right? The team is 5-1-1 one, and one with him as its starting quarterback in this 2022 regular season, and Taylor has been clutch. He came up big on that game-tying touchdown drive deep in the fourth quarter in the tie at the Giants on Sunday afternoon. Taylor on that drive went 6-8 of eight for 90 yards and a touchdown. How about this? And I tweeted this on Monday afternoon, and <laughs> the responses to the tweet were rather interesting. But Taylor Heineke now, in the 2022 regular season, in the final four minutes of fourth quarters, is 17 of 22 for 223 yards, a touchdown, and no interceptions, and has a rushing touchdown. Those are outstanding numbers. Taylor in the 2022 regular season in the final four minutes of fourth quarters has a completion percentage of 77.3 and has a yards per pass attempt of 10.14. He has been credited with two fourth quarter comebacks per the standards of pro football reference. And by the way, he over the last two regular seasons now has five fourth quarter comebacks for pro football reference. We are all aware of Taylor Heineke's flaws. I am not here to argue against those flaws, but how about his strengths? As I have said, it's time to focus on what Taylor Heineke is and not what he isn't. And what he is, is clutch. Or at the very least, what he has been is clutch. But that doesn't mean that we shouldn't be wanting for better from Taylor and the commander's passing offense. So you have this unique push-pull going on right now with Taylor Heineke and the commander's passing offense. Now, as I talked about on Monday's show, episode 456, I did think that Taylor, in the tie at the Giants, was more good than bad. He had the fourth quarter comeback. He had two touchdown passes versus no interceptions. He completed 27 of his 41 pass attempts. That works out 
to a completion percentage of 65.85. And he did all of this while taking a pounding. The Giants finished with five sacks and 10 quarterback hits. And, you know, I'm not naive enough to think that none of that was on Taylor. But boy, uh, you're being, I think, awfully harsh if you think that, say, all of that was on Taylor. The commander's pass protection left a lot to be desired on Sunday afternoon. But also for Taylor on Sunday afternoon was him having two fumbles on sack strips, including a lost fumble on the opening drive of the third quarter. Uh, was him averaging just 6.71 yards per pass attempt as, again, the commander's downfield passing game has, like, disappeared and was him quarterbacking a commander's offense that went just 3 of 14 on third downs. I mean, it's worth noting that Taylor's total QBR for ESPN for the game as of Monday night was a woeful 27.8 QBRs on a scale of 0 to 100. Rod Rivera on Monday afternoon on Taylor Heineke's performance in the tie at the Giants. Well, I, I I'll tell you right now. I, I thought he had some some uh, a, a lot more quality quarters than than just the end of the game. Um, I really do mean that too. I, I thought you know the, the 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 first quarter was outstanding. There were, there are a couple things in the in the second quarter. I, I know he wished he had his back, but I thought he did a couple things. Third quarter he did struggle a little bit, um, but it all wasn't just Taylor, you know and. He does what he does. He plays the way he plays. I, I just think you take the, the the good with the bad. But I think that's true for a lot of quarterbacks. I, I you know, I don't, I don't think there's a whole bunch of uh, you know uh, guys that are out there that aren't making you know a mistake every now and then. So you know, just I, I got to admit, I was I was pleased with the things he did, and and I was pleased with the way the guys played. Yeah, that answer from Ron Rivera about Taylor Heineke stood out to me and that Ron was pretty positive on Taylor. Ron recently had been rather matter-of-fact and blunt in his assessments at Taylor. Uh, that was a much more upbeat, glass-half-full evaluation of Taylor from Ron. And so what about Carson Wentz? Uh, Carson remains on the reserve injured list. The commanders on November 23rd designated Carson to return to practice, beginning a 21-day window by the end of which the team needs to activate him to the 53-man roster or keep him on the reserve injured list for the rest of the season. Uh, He underwent surgery for his uh, fractured right ring finger on October 17th. The belief was that he would be out for four to six weeks. Well, we're now past the seven-week mark. Ron Rivera on Monday afternoon got asked if, especially with the commanders now being in their bye week, there's a temptation to go back to Carson Wentz as the team's starting quarterback in order to spark the offense. I think that this is who we are. I mean, you know, this that's how we play. We're 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 um, we're running the ball right now. Well, we're 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 controlling the time of possession. Um, we're keeping our, our our defense fresh. Um, you know, and there's some things obviously that uh, you know could help. Uh, but I think right now, for where we are and who we are, I think we're in a good spot. I really do. All right. And Ron Rivera then got asked a follow-up question. Does he still view the commander's starting quarterback situation as a week-to-week thing, or is he comfortable with Taylor Heineke as the team's QB1 over the commander's final four regular season games? Well, I feel comfortable with Taylor, but um, you know, when, when, when Carson's activated, he will be the primary backup, and we'll go from there. And right there was the key phrase from Ron Rivera, quote, and we'll go from there, end quote. 
Rod Rivera is leaving the door open for a return to Carson Wentz as the team's starting quarterback. And there's nothing wrong with Ron doing that because he's doing that while also saying that Carson will be the team's number two quarterback once he's activated to the 53-man roster, whatever that is. I mean, the commanders need to activate Carson to the 53-man roster before the game against the Giants at FedEx Field on Sunday Night Football on December 18th, because the 21-day window will expire before then. So I would think that Carson will be the commander's number two quarterback for their next game, but who knows? Maybe the commanders will activate Carson to the 53-man roster, but then have him inactive for a game or games because he's still not entirely healthy. After all, we have been seeing that with edge defender Chase Young. More on him next segment. In the meantime, what about this commander's passing offense getting better? Ron Rivera on Monday afternoon got asked how the team can be developing its passing offense. This was his answer. Practice. I mean, that's that's really the only thing we can do is is, is uh, any opportunity we can to throw it in in the game. We do. Um, you know, we, we try to throw it at the, at the opportune moments, the right moments. Um, and, and that's really what the passing game should be is 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 is. When you need to use it, use it. Um, if it's part of the flow of the game, then it's part of the flow of the game. I, I, I think for the most part, that's the thing that helps us is, is that as we're running it it, it, it it takes a lot of the pressure off to, to have to throw it. Um, we can throw it when we want to throw it. We can use whatever action we want if we put ourselves in that position. Um, I do know, obviously, that if, if you are playing a high-powered offense and they score early, you got to be able to match it. And that's one of the things that we have to be able to do. And I think we can. I think we have enough of the playmakers. If we can get the balls in their hands, we can make plays. Okay. Well, what gives Ron Rivera confidence that the commander's passing offense is capable of keeping up with a high-powered offense? This was Ron on that. I think because of some of the stuff that we left on the table. You know, left out on the field. I mean, and 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 I've said that before. It, it's it's how close we are. That's that 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 gives you reason to be optimistic. And you know, if, if you sit down and get an opportunity to go through the tape and 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 talk with you know somebody in the know, uh, as they sit there and talk about, oh, look at this opportunity here. This is something that could have happened. You know, when I watch tape, you know, I, I try to figure out what the defensive coverage is, and then I look at where I think the ball should go and. Most of the time, that's where we're headed. You know, I, I'm seeing it like our guys are. Then as you see certain things that we miss, whether it's the throw is missed or, you know, the, the route could have been better or we just didn't have enough time with the protection. You know, those are all things that we have to work on and, and, and hone up uh, for that moment that when we do have to score, can we do it? Um, you know, I thought that drive in the uh, that 92-yard that drive, I thought at the uh, end of the game to score the touchdown, kind of shows what we can do if we can get the hands, uh, the ball in the hands of the playmakers. And getting balls in the hands of playmakers is a big deal. Uh, the commander's top three receivers, Terry McLaurin, Curtis Samuel, and Jahan Dodson, so good in the tie at the Giants. Big receptions, significant yards after catches. I mean, just look at Taylor Heineke's two touchdown passes in the game. The first quarter, third and four, 19-yard shotgun touchdown pass to Terry McLaurin. Terry made a one-armed catch with his right arm, then broke through an attempted tackle by former Washington defensive back Fabian Moreau, and then jogged into the end zone. 17 of Terry's 19 yards on the reception were yak, were yards after catch. 
Uh, and then the late fourth quarter, first and 10 at 28-yard shotgun touchdown pass to Jahan Dodson, who made a spectacular run after the catch. Uh, got by corner Zion Gilbert, then spun away from corner Nick McLeod and route to the end zone at 21 of Jahan's 28 yards on the reception were yak. For those of you who have seen the great movie Airplane, <laughs> the jive talking scene, <laughs> the great line from that scene, lay him down and smack him, yak him. Lay him down and smack him, yak him. That's right. That's what commanders receivers did at the Giants on Sunday afternoon. Laid him down and smacked him, yaked him. Yards after catch. So key for the commanders in the tie at the Giants on Sunday afternoon. Up next, I'm talking commander's defense, including an unfortunate update on linebacker Cole Holcomb and Ron Rivera on what exactly is going on with the aforementioned Chase Young. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring this podcast. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System, you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. At hundreds of locations across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE System technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unifydhealing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system. The Commanders are in the heat of a playoff race. Uh, No podcast or show covers the Commanders like this podcast does. And so now's a great time to advertise on the Al Galdi podcast. If you would like to advertise your business or practice on the pod and reach thousands of people every episode and utilize the power of the pod, uh, hit us up. The email address is the Al Galdi podcast 
at yahoo.com. Uh, let's talk Commander's defense. Another good game for the Commander's defense in the 20-old tie at the New York Giants on Sunday afternoon. Uh, yes, the defense had some issues, uh, certainly with Giants quarterback Daniel Jones. The commanders allowed him to complete 25 of his 31 pass attempts and allowed him to have 12 carries for 71 yards. But also, yes, the commander's defense overall did play well. Uh, Allowed the Giants over four quarters and an entire overtime to score just 20 points. Uh, Held the Giants to just four of 13 on third downs. Held Giants running back Saquon Barkley to 18 carries for 63 yards and a touchdown. Uh, That works out to a yards per carry of just 3.5. And the commanders did hold Daniel Jones to a yards per pass attempt of just 6.45, sacked him four times, and generated a lost fumble from him. The commander's defense clearly has been the team's biggest strength this season. This despite the defense having had to play without some key guys. Uh, Edge defender Montez Sweat on Sunday afternoon played on just 47% of the commander's defensive snaps. He was evaluated for a concussion. By the way, Jonathan Allen in the game played on a whopping 98% of the commander's defensive snaps. That is a jaw-dropping playing time percentage for an interior defensive lineman. What a warrior John Allen has been this season. Uh, 98% of the commander's defensive snaps on Sunday afternoon. Deron Payne on Sunday afternoon played on 89% of the commander's defensive snaps. Always remember with John and Deron, it's not just that they're having excellent seasons, it's that these guys are having excellent seasons while playing a lot of snaps by the standards of snaps for interior defensive linemen. But anyway, uh, the commander's defense has been doing well despite being without some key guys. Uh, Corner Benjamin St. Juice, he now has missed the last two games due to a right ankle injury. And linebacker Cole Holcomb now is in fact done for the season. Uh, We on Monday morning learned that Cole has undergone foot surgery and is done for the season. Uh, He has been on the reserve injured list since November 25th due to a foot injury that caused him to be inactive for each of the commander's previous four games. Cole last played in a game in the win over the Green Bay Packers at FedEx Field in Week 7. Cole Holcomb is set to be an unrestricted free agent this coming offseason. He has been the team's number one linebacker for multiple seasons now, but he does now have a legitimate injury history. Uh, Now, he in the 2021 regular season did play in 16 of Washington's 17 games. was number two on Washington in defensive snaps at 92.23%. And the game that he missed was the 56-14 loss at the Dallas Cowboys on Sunday Night Football at Week 16. But he missed that game due to being on the reserve COVID-19 list. But Cole in the 2020 regular season played in just 11 of Washington's 16 games. He missed four consecutive games due to a knee injury and then missed a game due to a concussion. Re-signing Cole Holcomb this offseason shouldn't cost a ton, but you know, with the improvement of Jamin Davis this season, we are maybe seeing a changing of the guard with Jamin becoming the team's number one linebacker. And of course, that should be the case, right? Washington took Jamin with the number 19 overall pick in the 2021 NFL Draft. Also, not playing for the commander's defense, of course, has been edge defender Chase Young. Uh, he still has not made his 2022 season debut. He still has not played in a game 
since suffering a torn right knee in the win over the Tampa Bay Buccaneers at FedEx Field on November 14th, 2021. Uh, Chase ended up being on the reserve physically unable to perform list for nearly three months from August 23rd to November 21st. Uh, That was longer than had been anticipated. The commanders on November 2nd designated Chase to return to practice, but it wasn't until November 21st that the team activated Chase to the 53-man roster. Uh, That took longer than anticipated. And now Chase has been inactive for each of the commander's last two games. Commander's head coach Rod Rivera, during his day-after-the-game Zoom press conference on Monday afternoon, on Chase Young. I think the biggest thing more so than anything else, is that with the way we're playing right now and, and we're playing pretty well on the defensive front, the need to get them on the field hasn't been that you got to have them out there. We need them. It's a must. This is one of those things that because of our guys are playing well, we can get them back when he's 100% ready to roll. And that's the biggest thing. We don't want to put him out there you know, when, when he's not ready and feeling it. Um, I know he's close. I, I really do. And, and again, I think the big thing for him, more so anything else, is just continue to do what he needs to do. And uh, we'll see how he is next week. But uh, again, it, it's, you know, putting the guy out there when he's, 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 he's ready 100% um, or as close to possible as it can be. But, but I, I do know, again, we've been doing some pretty good things with the guys we have out there. Um, you know, yesterday we had a couple of guys get nicked up as well. Um, and we'll see how that uh, how they are in the next couple of days. But I'm pretty optimistic going forward for next week. That, to me, was a very telling answer from Ron Rivera. He basically said that the commanders don't need Chase Young right now. And Ron's right. And that's not to say that Chase couldn't help the commanders right now, but their defense has done just fine without him. There are three things about this whole Chase Young situation that really stand out to me. Uh, Number one, it now is clear, as can be, that he suffered devastating injury to his right knee, much worse than most people realized at the time. And his recovery has taken a lot longer than most ever thought. I mean, nobody was anticipating us being well into the month of December and Chase still not having made his 2022 season debut. The thinking going into the season was week five, week six, week seven. Well, Chase won't be playing until at least week 15. Think about that. Number two, I do believe that both the commanders and Chase Young are to be applauded for the conservative and measured tact that they've taken with his comeback. Uh, There have been no boisterous proclamations. There have been no definitive timelines. Clearly, the team and Chase have taken their time with his recovery. And that is a good thing, uh, even though it also has been a concerning thing in that it has shined a spotlight on how badly injured his right knee was. Number three, what does it say about Chase Young that Washington's defense played its best last season without him and that the commander's defense this season has been great despite being without him. Like, that's a harsh and uncomfortable reality to confront given that Washington spent the number two overall pick in the 2020 NFL draft on this guy. 
Even if you say, hey, the defense having done well without Chase Young is more an endorsement of other commanders' defensive players than the defense having done well without Chase is an indictment of Chase. I mean, how many truly great defensive players in the NFL see their defenses do better without those players? Does the Dallas Cowboys defense do better without linebacker Micah Parsons? Does the San Francisco 49ers defense do better without edge defender Nick Bosa? I mean, the commanders this past Sunday afternoon missed Benjamin St. Juice. That was an observation that a lot of us made. His replacement, Christian Holmes, ended up getting benched in favor of Danny Johnson. The commanders missed Benjamin St. Juice. When has anyone last season or this season said that Washington truly missed Chase Young? You know? When has anyone last season or this season said that Washington truly has a lesser defense with Chase being out? Think about that. What does that say? That his play really isn't being missed. And in fact, the defense has done better without him. And I'm not trying to frame this as Chase Young is a bad player. I'm trying to frame this as the defense doesn't need him to be really good. Ron Rivera on Monday afternoon on what he still needs to see from Chase Young in order for him to finally make his season debut. Well, I think, again, as we go through it, it's just making sure he can put that leg in the ground with confidence and be able to protect himself when he has to, you know, be willing to stick it out in front to, to protect on a cut block and, and or somebody coming down at his knee. I mean, those are all things that you have to get. But the biggest thing, more than anything else, because of this injury and, and because of the way that the doctor has described it to us is the only real way for him to get any true work on, on this is now is out on the field. And, you know, now that we're in the, in the peak of the season, it's, it's, it's one of those things that you can't mimic what he's going to get out there in the game. And so he's just got to continue to work at it, build that confidence, and again, you know, I, I know one of the things is, is you know, the, the, the severity of his injury wasn't divulged early, mostly because they didn't want it divulged. But as it got out there, I think people understand that, that this, is, this was more than just your normal knee injury. This, this involved a little bit more. And that's why I think the rehab has been a little bit more. And so he's really come a long way. Um, he looks good. And now it's just a matter of as he's ready to go, we'll get him out there. Very interesting to hear Ron Rivera emphasize what we on this podcast have talked about a bunch, the nature of Chase Young's torn right knee. This was not a normal ACL situation, and that's really important to remember. Uh, Chase's injured right knee ended up being really bad. Uh, First of all, he suffered a torn right ACL and MCL. Uh, Also, Chase, in a post-OTA practice press conference this past June 1st, revealed that a graft from his left patellar tendon, had been used for his right knee. NFL insider Jordan Schultz this past August 23rd tweeted that Chase's injured right leg also had included a, quote, fully ruptured patella, end quote. I feel for Chase. I do. His right knee got devastatingly injured. And you do have to wonder at this point if he's going to play at all this season. I mean, the Commanders have four regular season games left. The thought has to be in your mind, right? Is this guy going to play at all this season? Ron Rivera on Monday afternoon on whether Chase Young's biggest remaining obstacles are physical or mental. Um, I think it's just him being comfortable. 
And, and again, continue to work on that. Continue to build it up. Um, just because, again, this was this was not just a, the normal ACL. There was a little bit more involved in it. That, that's something I think everybody got to understand. You know, and again, not everybody's is going to come back in nine months, ten months. You know, this is one of those things, and it takes a while, even when they do come back. Because if you look at some of the guys that have come back, and Juan Barkley is a great example. Young man came back from his knee last year, and he was he was average. Now you take a look at him, and he's more than average. He's pretty special, um, and it's good to see him back on the football field playing that way. And it takes more than just twelve months, thirteen months, fourteen months. Yeah, that has become quite clear. The commanders this offseason have to decide on whether to exercise the fifth-year option in Chase Young's rookie contract. Uh, That, to me, does make him playing this season especially valuable because you'd like to at least have a sense of him as a player off what has happened to his right knee before deciding on the fifth-year option. I have heard it said that the commanders exercising the fifth-year option is a given is a no-brainer. Well, I would say that the commanders exercising the fifth-year option is more likely than unlikely, but whether they should exercise the fifth-year option is a conversation. This guy's right knee got ravaged. He's going to end up going at least 13 months without playing in a game. Nothing is a given with Chase Young right now. I'm rooting hard for the guy. I hope that he comes back and is great, but there's no way that we can be counting on that happening. Well, a very nice win for the Capitals on Monday night. They improved to 11-12-4 with a 3-2 win at the Edmonton Oilers. Uh, This was game five of the Caps' season-long six-game road trip, and this was a game for which the Caps were missing even more players than we had become accustomed to. Uh, The Caps' previous game, a 5-2 loss at the Calgary Flames on Saturday night, included goaltender Darcy Kemper and defenseman Martin Fehervari, each suffering an upper body injury. Uh, Neither guy played on Monday night, so they joined the six other key Caps who have been out for a while. Defenseman Dmitry Orloff and forwards Nicholas Backstrom, Tom Wilson, Connor Brown, Carl Haglin, and Beck Malenstein. Uh, With Kemper out, Charlie Lindgren was the cap starting goaltender on Monday night, and he stopped 28 of the 30 shots on goal that he faced. Uh, Now, he wasn't tested a ton, but still, you stopped 28 of the 30 shots on goal that you faced. You're doing some things well. Uh, Lindgren, per natural stat trick, stopped three of the four high danger shots on goal that he faced, stopped all six of the medium danger shots on goal that he faced and stopped 17 of the 18 low danger shots on goal that he faced. So he did give up a goal on a low danger shot on goal. Uh, the Caps went 1-1 on the penalty kill. They committed just one penalty the entire game. Uh, first period tripping penalty by center of Genny Kuznetsov. Uh, the Caps penalty kill has been really good lately. 54 of 64, 84.4% over the team's last 22 games. Uh, The Caps went 1-3 on the power play. Now, the Caps did give up a shorty, uh, gave up a shorthanded goal to Oilers center Connor McDavid, a.k.a. Connor McJesus, 15-25 into the second period for a 2-1 Oilers lead as uh, McJesus in the Caps' offensive zone picked off a pass from defenseman John Carlson and then on a one-on-none breakaway 
beat Charlie Lindgren. Uh, McDavid now in this 2022-2023 regular season has an NHL leading 48 points. But I tell you, the Caps responded well to the McDavid shorthanded goal. The Caps ended up scoring a power play goal Less than two minutes later, uh, winger TJ Oshie had a power play goal, 16.55 into the second period to tie the game at two. Uh, Oshie finished with a game-high eight shots on goal and a game-high 10 total shot attempts as the Caps won the puck possession battle. Uh, the Caps, per natural stat trick, had 53 five-on-five shot attempts to the Oilers' 48, but it wasn't just that. The Caps totaled 50 shots on goal to the Oilers' 30. Yeah, the Caps on Monday night had 50 shots on goal. The Caps over the first two periods had an astounding 41 shots on goal to the Oilers 19. Uh, Winger Alex Ovechkin did go pointless, but he had five shots on goal, eight total shot attempts, and a game-high seven hits. Caps head coach Peter Laviolette during his post-game session with reporters late night on Monday night was asked if this win was the Caps' best win of the season. Uh, You'll hear Peter's response, and then you'll hear a follow-up exchange with our friend Caps insider Tarek El-Bashir of The Athletic. Yeah, it's one of them. I thought it was, I thought it was every guy in there played really hard and came out the right way in the first period and did the right things. We had gotten away from that for a couple games. Um, The game was dictated by the opponent, and I thought we did a good job tonight of trying to push it and trying to control the game. And so it was when you want to do that, you have to have everybody on board, and I thought tonight was really complete. McDavid scored that shorty. You kept the same unit out there. It seemed like they kind of... You know, I don't think there was necessary... Sometimes there's some plays, and you you wonder what's going on in the ice. I think Carly was trying to make a good play there. He knocked it out of midair. And then from there, he just took off, and, you know, he's on a breakaway. But um, I think I think in the scheme of trying to make plays and do the right things, there's times where you just get good defense or somebody catches a break and pops one out of the air. And um, things can happen, but the power play had been really good and really effective. I thought it was great, a great sign for them to come back and score on that power play and nod it back up. Right. Yeah, nice job by the Caps. Uh, next up for them, finally, mercifully, the end of their season-long six-game road trip. Camps are at the Philadelphia Flyers, Wednesday night at 7. And one more thing before we call it a show, the Wizards. Uh, They on Monday night announced that Bradley Beal has been diagnosed with a right hamstring strain and will be out for at least the team's next three games. Uh, He suffered the injury in the 130-119 loss to the Los Angeles Lakers at Capital One Arena on Sunday evening. Uh, This was not what the Wizards needed with them having lost six of their last seven games. Wizards' next game is Wednesday night at the Chicago Bulls at eight. And that will do it for you and me for now. Keep the feedback coming. You can tweet me at Al Galdi. You can email me, the Al Galdi podcast at yahoo.com. Wednesday show, episode 458, will feature a special guest talking commanders, the DOC, former Redskins tight end Rick Doc Walker, uh, the host of the Doc Walker podcast, uh, my former tag team partner on radio. He's actually back doing some work for the Team 980. Uh, we will go in-depth on the 7-5-1 Commanders as they are in the midst of their Week 14 bye. Also on Wednesday show, I'll talk college basketball. Number 13 Maryland is at Wisconsin Tuesday night at 9. Number 3 Virginia is home to James Madison 
Tuesday night at 8. Have a great rest of your Tuesday, and I'll talk to you on Wednesday. Lay her down, a smack em, yak em.